0: Welcome back to the Typical Septic Podcast. I have good friends with me and uh, return guests. I think this is the third time they've been on my show. And who I'm talking about is Paul and Cyan from the Zeta Connection. Their website is www.the-zeta-connection.com. They have real connection with the Zeta ETs. And uh, it's so interesting talking to them and getting their perspective on all, all these different things. Now, just to read their bio, Paul's earliest memories of being visited by the Zetas are from 18 months old. In 1978, Paul and three of his friends witnessed a tic-tac-type craft, and there were more. Than, it was no more than 10 meters away, and the Zetas showed themselves to Paul and his friends. In 2013, a craft physically landed in New South Wales, and 20 people were present. Cyan's earliest memories of contact with the Zeta are from four years of age, where she was introduced to a small boy of a similar age, and then several years later, this turned out to be Paul. Both Steve and Paul have lived, shared the same memory of onboard craft together. Both Paul and Cyan have clear conscious recall of their contact with beings that they both work with and they have not needed to undergo any type of regression therapy. The regular visitation by the Zetas to their home, including craft visits where they've been able to photograph and audibly record. The Zetas have trained Paul from a very early age to engage in contact with them and enables them to work through him. In this way, the Zetas have healed many people and medically proven physical injuries and diseases. Cyan has been undergoing this training for the last 15 years and is in the early stages of the same process. Paul's training with the Zetas has enabled them to communicate much information over the years that has been studied by scientists. As such, many books have been written, co-authored and retired ex-government communication scientists, such as A Primer of the Zeta Race and the Zeta Interviews. Paul and Cyan's latest book, The Zeta Mind, is a shorthand book for individuals who wish to learn and study uh, safe uh, safe contact with extraterrestrial races and again the website is www.dataconnection.com and i want to give them a big warm welcome to the show thank you, oh, thank, you. thank you for coming on how are you <laughs> oh we're we're really good. good thanks
1: just uh like you just really busy yeah doing lots of different things
2: yeah yeah we haven't haven't really stopped since we last speaking with you we managed to put together all our teachings in a big website and we're doing lots of courses now lots of uh Tuition with people, learning how to contact races and develop mediumship.
0: Well, that, that's so interesting. But when, when Paul, when you messaged me, you said you guys have been doing all kinds of stuff, like as far as like implants protection witchcraft, Mm -hmm. astral issues healings um i'd love to get into all this in each separate category and how it it pertains like because it seems like you can help a lot of people because it still seems like people are being like affected by things like or they require protection they require they're getting hexed by witchcraft they're having astral issues wherever you want to start off do you want to start with implants first
1: well Robert that list that you just went through was just this week <laughs>
2: yeah that was literally just this last week <laughs> so that,
1: like we get a we get a wide range of people um we mm-hmm. we've uh, we've got our own educational portal so we teach um uh we've also got uh uh self-paced courses that are video courses for people we, we were getting so many people that needed energy clearing and protection that we decided just to record a course and just put it up onto our portal and that can be found through our website. Yeah. Um, wow, well, I mean, we teach uh, online, and we teach workshops every week physically as well, uh, things on how to contact guides, how to uh, do healing, yeah? Uh, mental mediumship, clairvoyant, uh, talking about how to contact extraterrestrials Mm. as well.
2: And how to protect yourself. How to
1: protect yourself, how to Mm. uh, astral travel and do it properly without bringing back any type of residual energies, how to close portals. (laughs) Uh, Boy, oh boy. I mean, uh, we're we're open to any questions that you may have. So if you've been working with anybody or people have told you things that you're not sure about, maybe we can uh, clarify some of that stuff for you as well.
0: but let's start off with like the 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 implants like what what kind of implants are you seeing people having and do you clear those and like what what's up with that
1: yeah implants is um really interesting subject because it ranges from implants that we give ourselves it's just subconscious implants uh all the way through to extraterrestrial implants but of course in between that we've got categories of implants that are that are psychic implants energy implants Uh, spiritual attachments those sorts of things and so when people come to us uh, and they have a one-on-one appointment with us what we do is we talk to them we um help them to understand what's taking place within their energy energetic body and in doing so we're able to look at well is this an etheric implant is it just an energy implant is it a a multi-dimensional biological implant as well you probably wouldn't have heard about them before but they do exist. Uh, people should generally see a uh, increase in their health after an mm-hmm. implant's removed, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, implants uh, are difficult to uh, see, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, difficult to work out whether a person actually has one. We had someone this week who believed that they had a reptilian implant, but we we, they, we knew that they didn't have one. That was the difference uh we could tell i didn't have one the zetas trained us uh to to see these types of uh, implants uh, so it was more about just understanding what was causing the issue rather than just heading straight towards implant territory
0: how do you tell like what well how do you differentiate between an implant like between like an etheric implant for say for example and then like an implant that an et has placed there and then to follow up on that why would an et place an implant like if you don't
1: yeah so that's that's a really good question so some extraterrestrial races they don't care about human humanity's free will uh there what they do is is they make promises so they'll implant with a small amount of technology Mm -hmm. uh, and that technology actually then links that person to the extraterrestrial race uh the the trade-off for that person is that they may feel well initially but then of course they're being drained energetically by that race as well and there is a couple of races that specifically do that it it takes a lot of training uh, and deep trance work as well uh, over many years to be able to accurately define what's going on with the energy with the person because you don't always just want to jump to it's got to be that it could be any an array of a million things it could just be simply influence that they've created for themselves Mm -hmm. so these type of uh implants etheric implants are often given to people who work with extraterrestrials Mm -hmm. Uh, things like um i'll give you an example so we had a person who um had problems hearing a few uh, years ago and the Zetas gave them an an etheric ear and that would be classed as an etheric implant. Mm -hmm. That etheric implant is documented uh, and studied as well and it's in the book A Primer of the Zeta Race Mm -hmm. and that uh, etheric implant is still working and the person's able to hear even though they've got limited capacity to physically hear they're able to hear quite well Mm -hmm. because of that so When we talk about implants, we don't just go, okay, let's chuck them all in the bad basket. There's a real problem with that. Implants can also be multidimensional implants where what happens is the symbols that a person brings in to their body uh, is then amplified and used by the extraterrestrials and the hybrid to then uh, help their abilities actually grow. You could call that an ascension process that a person moves into their abilities and understands their true nature and who they are yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah so that's it that's another great question like um are you seeing with a lot of your clients that that people are moving into their abilities and do you think this has to do with like an awakening process
2: yeah I mean that that's one of the reasons we um try to uh amalgamate and combine all our teachings into one place on this portal so we can teach people uh to help them understand that many of these abilities that we read about on the internet as part of the Ascension process that they they have those abilities themselves already, it's just simply a question of unlocking them with training and, uh, you know, practice and we can actually already operate as a multi dimensional 3d being right now. Yeah, you know, a lot of people when they think about Ascension, uh, there's some strange ideas floating around on the internet, like some people envisage themselves dissolving into an etheric reality, Um, you know, all sorts of manner of different opinions out there, but we understand it from a from the Zeta perspective, which is we're, we're existing as 3D people with multi dimensional capacity already, you know, when we communicate with spirit people that's not a physical process. So so what what's going on there? That that's an energy-based process, a dimensional-based process. The same when we dream, when we astral travel, when we project out of body. These are already things we're doing as humans, living in a 3D existence, but not 3D processes, they're energetic processes, they're mm. 4D, 5D, you know. So that's that's very much what we yeah. are about, is enabling people to understand that they're capable of so much more at this point right now. They don't yeah. need to dissolve into nothingness to be able to do this. And that's
1: what the Zetas have been saying as well. They've always said this, uh, mm. it's in the books, uh, that humans actually have the ability right now to be part of the internal ascension process. Yeah, It's not about uh, you know relinquishing, relinquishing responsibility for being physical. It's about utilizing the fact that you're in a 3D space, but activating that uh, multidimensional ability process that a person has and there's, there's multiple ways of doing that
0: well, can you get into some of that because I'd love to hear because like, I'm trying to come into my abilities myself like what, what, are, what should we be I mean is it like meditation is it raising your frequency yeah. is it um you know like what, what would you say or is that you know what I mean
1: yeah so generally what happens is, is if we start looking at what are the intricate components to actual ascension The first thing we need to do is we need to acknowledge ourselves as physical 3D beings. Because until we start Mm -hmm. to have the conversations with ourselves, do a little bit of shadow work, talk to the inner child, understand um, our uh, authenticity, our divinity, then what takes place is then once we've done that, we can acknowledge ourselves as being sovereign entities. Now, once we do that, we can then move forward in understanding our consciousness. And how does that consciousness fit in with this reality? Because it's a blended nature that we, that we hold. Mm. We can do that through things like mindfulness observation. Uh, these are the rudimentary fundamentals of it. And once we've done that and through meditation, we can then start to move into um, what are called uh, sort of gateway methodologies. And these gateway methodologies revolve around states of compression, uh, quantum shifts, shifts in consciousness, our breath work, and when we teach people how to move through these states using their breath work and meditation, even some trance work as well, deep trance, uh, what happens is people start to step into their own uh, natural born abilities that they have
0: that's amazing that's that's so interesting like i i i'm i feel like my abilities are are starting to wake up in myself that's why i wondered like am i i wondered if i'm doing things right but like it seems like there's a lot more to the process than just you know um the meditation like i I love how you put it like it's 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 very interesting well the thing is
1: robert is when we start to think about our guides let's imagine that your capacity to work is, is is at your fullest potential, your 100% capacity is here. So when guides first start, we're here, we're we're in this gap here. And as we start to develop more and more and more and more, this could be a spirit person that's working with us to help us increase our potential. Then we start to understand our own multidimensional aspects. Next thing you know, we're working within this range, but we've still got spirit people in here. What we need to do then is to move into our race contact, Whereas that's our point of origin training. uh, We also may need to work with gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. And so if this is the full capacity of us, we may still only be here, but utilizing all of the training that we get from our guides Mm -hmm. uh, and our support mechanisms from our races, what we can do is we can utilize our own extraterrestrial nature, our own uh, hybrid symbiotic relationship that we have with ourselves, and we can move into this full extended range of our abilities and that means that when we're working with somebody whether it's on energy work astral traveling implant whatever it is we're working across the whole range we're not just working in here and trying to work out from here what the problem is Mm. with someone so this is why people need to understand that ascension is this Mm. it's part of that this is part of it but that is ascension that is a true multidimensional nature that framework
0: that's interesting now one thing, another thing that you mentioned in the list that you sent me was that you're you're dealing with a lot of people at least this week that have protection issues and witchcraft issues like this makes me think like that what, are people still hexing and cursing people and 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 is that really working and or is this more of a belief in the mind or what are your thoughts on that
1: well, the thing is, is uh, if we take a common example, somebody goes online and start is very interested in, you know, say elemental magic or, uh, you know, any type of different energetic process. Or they may even be looking at uh, working with spirits. From from a genuine heart, those people are seeking contact, and that's fine. That's what they do, and uh, generally based around Wiccan practices, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And it always starts off fine, it always starts off fine. And it can continue to be fine for, for a person's life. It's when the, the person somehow goes a little bit off track or maybe reads the wrong information or possibly uses the wrong intention, maybe their intention wasn't clear enough, then what happens is they start to have problems. Now, uh, they come to ask for help. That's, that, I want to make that quite clear. We don't automatically then just jump straight to worst case, best case scenario. We just sit and listen to what people have been saying. Uh, quite often, it's more about saying, well, you know, from a shamanic perspective, you know, that would have been in the past classed as witchcraft, but from a shamanism perspective, you know, w- what do you think would be a better thing for you to do? Would it be right now to stop working in that area and and create a more concrete uh, relationship with your gatekeeper or guide? Because, so my point is we, you, there is not one, one solution fits all, but we do see people, you know, this and that and mm-hmm. towards each other and all the rest of it. But in the end, when the person comes to us, we just say to them, look, it's about your own, uh, your own abilities, your own energy, uh, how clear are you? What do you feel? What does your altar look like? Uh, what sort of things on your altar do you have? How are you utilizing those things? Are you working with the best of intention for people as well? Because you can't mix it up. You can't say, "Well, you're going to be do this with the best of intention, and then do that with the worst of intention, and expect that there isn't some sort of ramification for that."
0: Yeah, and, and what, what do you think people are tapping into when they're tapping into, like, you know, the witchcraft? Is it? But would it be more like demonic, or as you believe that the demonic is our a, is a, entities? And
1: yeah, so. You know, we've got a wide range of energies that people can work with all the way from just earth energies, uh, astral energies, elemental energies, spirits, uh, extraterrestrials. Uh, Yep, there can be demonic entities as well if people wish to work with them. Definitely there are witches that do, and they're they're quite comfortable working with them. I've got um, people that I know that work with them as well. Um, And so it's up to the person as to what they wish to work with. Uh, we don't tell people you shouldn't work with that that's none of our business it's more about saying well what are you doing with your abilities that you have and the entities that you're working with and some people would say to you that they're working over here with demonic entities but doing the best possible thing that they could other people could be working over here with elementals and doing the worst possible thing that they could so it's up to the individual and the energies that they work with as to how they're producing and manifesting and what type of level of wholeness they're producing in other people's lives and their own as well better off to work with love across a wide range than any type of negative energy
0: but you said some there's sometimes where it goes astray like someone might read some information wrong information and that's how this type of things where they where a negative energy kind of comes into the your energy field right
1: right well no what we we had a situation where a young person and you know this is how uh, innocent the the whole process was that the person wanted to uh get closer to their their boyfriend you know and so what they did was uh they created a little doll an effigy and uh through specific processes that we won't discuss here they then linked themselves to their boyfriend and then we, when we found out about it we were like well okay what was your intention and you know like how does this how how are you making it work we then contacted some people on how to talk with them about it and then realized that we needed to deconstruct what had taken place so there's plenty of people out there that are doing these sorts of things I don't think that a lot of people actually realise what they're doing when they're doing it. They're mm. just, you know, a lot of them are just younger people. that don't really know.
2: Mm. They probably have no idea yeah. of their ability yeah. level, um, no idea of the level of influence that they they may hold
1: mm.
2: until something actually happens.
1: Yeah, until yeah. it sort of turns sideways
0: mm. and then they're going, "Okay, well, I didn't expect that." Yeah, as you know.
2: much as a surprise to them, you know
0: what's so weird is i i feel like i've been being bothered by an entity but i never did anything to uh start up like me and my girlfriend we were out at breakfast the other day and she saw like marks on my neck and i had told her before that i felt like there was something grabbing me at night and, yeah. and the night the ladies i interviewed dr kim told me that, that i have like a succubus bothering me but it's it's weird it doesn't bother me all the time it's not like something that's like the time and it's not even something that's really noticeable I mean it's kind of like I'll just be sleeping and I'll feel something kind of like touching my body and I'm like well this is weird what do I do with this you know and I kind of just leave it alone but then when we saw the marks on my neck we kind of like kind of took a step back and we're like well what do we do now and then I started burning sage and you know I wasn't even sure if that would work I'm I'm like a real rookie when it comes to these matters and so did that work I think so. I use this uh, Polo Santo. I have it right here. It's like a smudge spray. I put it in a diffuser. You know, it's like a white sage smudge spray, yeah. and I put that put that in the diffuser because I didn't want to burn. So, yeah. um, you know that that kind of sprayed like a nice mist around. And then also I did some like protection type of stuff, like, yeah. and it seems like it it, it hasn't um, it hasn't come back. But I'm just wondering, like, how these things can come into our life. Anyway, I was thinking this, Paul. I was thinking. cyan i was thinking maybe if you do podcasts and you talk about this stuff because the first time that we noticed the entity was during a podcast and i don't know if i told you about this before i was on a a podcast with a psychic liz cross and we noticed the entity in my room she was like oh it's there she's a psychic she could tell she's like it's behind you and then we saw like an impression of it kind of ingrained in the wood and then when people went back and watched the podcast a couple people commented they said yeah we, we they think they saw it you know but it's not a 100 percent for sure like but um can 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 you yep. can you summon not summon something but like can you bring an energy into your life just by doing something that's like talking on a podcast about things or being around like um people who are open to it i guess
1: yeah so Let's, this is a really complicated area, and I'm not just going to smooth over this. You know, like so. Basically, uh, we are beings of consciousness, and what happens is is that when we talk to each other, we exchange and interchange energy with each other, and we also exchange consciousness. You're talking to me; I'm talking to you. Uh, generally, when we're talking to people, if they've got energetic issues with them, uh, they could transfer stuff to us as well but we have to be aware of that. The more we delve into these areas, the more we see that uh, because we are beings of consciousness that we need to do what's called spiritual hygiene practices where on a daily basis, we need to acknowledge the energy around us. We need to acknowledge how uh, we're being affected by energy. And this is where the uh, methodologies of protection come in that we need to understand that Uh, we need to uh, specifically set boundaries in a way that we understand our own energy. Because, and I'll say this very clearly to people, if you don't understand your own energy, you can't tell what energies are coming to you. And that's the problem. So you could be the best person in the world, but you get involved with somebody that's got a bit of stuff with them. Next thing you know, you've got all that stuff with you as well. And your intention was never to have that with you as well. So, it seems like it's some sort of interloper process mm-hmm. and we also know that um, in the extraterrestrial phenomenon they're, they're talking about the hitchhiker effect as well so a lot of this stuff takes you know happens
0: but, but for the fans that know, no can you explain the hitchhiker effect
1: uh, supposedly when people are part you know working with you know sort of extraterrestrials that mm-hmm. are ultimately or they may have had some contact in a cd5 event, Uh, somebody else ends up with the phenomenon with them going home with them.
0: Yeah. I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: So, but anyway, like, you know, I know about incubus and succubus and we sort of have dealt with some of this stuff over the years. Um, Generally it's based in uh, frequency and energy. So let's be quite clear. If you've got uh, a level of fear or, um, issues subconscious issues you you will easily accept that sort of stuff to you because uh, you don't understand what's going on around you but for a person that knows their guides properly the guides will correctly identify the being and then will notify you because you've got free will as to what's in your energy space and will actively work with you to clear your space that's why people need to know their guides because without guides, you generally um, are pretty um, isolated in regards to the amount of information that you get. Guides work around us, guides hold our space for us. And they, in that, that holding of that space, they're able to say, look, there's something around you, there's something that's coming to you. Uh, and in doing so, uh, what would you like to do about it? And you say, well, to the guide, okay, I need for you to train me how to either increase or decrease my etheric body the other thing is that it could be when you're asleep so when you're asleep you're being bothered by astral entities and they're just thought forms mm. things like servitors egregore tuplas now these things are creational processes that people create these entities these subconscious schisms yeah but they give them energy and they create them and they give them life in the astral and then of course, next thing you know, they're bothering people, the living or they're bothering the people that are asleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, people generally need to be trained in those areas to understand how to uh, you know, sleep safely, sleep carefully, uh, protect yourself when you're asleep as well. And I don't mean by casting spells, or these sorts of things. I'm just talking about the, the simple stuff of spiritual hygiene keeping yourself clear, keeping your mind clear, uh, you know, not uh, involving yourself in behaviors that are going to cause you to be working at a, at a very low level of frequency.
0: Well, I got a quick question. I was thinking going back to what you said a little bit before, like how do we understand our energy a little little bit more? Like how is it easier to understand our energy? And then how is it beyond that? How can we start to connect with our guides?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, the thing about energy is 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 people need to understand their own energy and the way that they do that is basically they need to sit and meditate they need to understand uh how to find out whereabouts is there etheric body around them Mm -hmm. so a simple example is I can put my hands together and of course just by rubbing my hands it's it gets warm and so that's the first thing but if I want to I can then hold my hands apart and I can start to sit there and focus on it. And some people would say it's chi. other people would just say it's their own etheric body. But once you understand where the, the etheric body is, you can then start to work out where it is around you. And, and of course, if we're out shopping, we don't want our etheric body out a long way, we want our etheric body in. Because we, we're like computer systems, we're constantly re, uh, creating levels of input for ourselves psychologically and energetically. Once we understand where our energy bodies are, uh, and this isn't something that just happens in two minutes, Mm -hmm. what happens is we can then work out, well, hang on, I can feel or sense this energy around me and it's external to me. And then we need to work out, well, if it's external to me, what is this energy and how is it influencing me? Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. You're talking to your partner or you're talking to a friend you, you're exchanging love with each other because that is an energy of love, uh, the consciousness, love. Next thing you know, you're turning around, you've gone out and you've bumped into somebody and they start yelling at you. You're exchanging energy with that person because they're, they're angry. Yeah. So if those two different situations, it's the, the energy is still outside of you, you need to work out what the difference is. Now, some energy is uh neutral and so you need to work out initially is the energy this pressure that i'm feeling is this something that's trying to influence me in a way that i don't want to be influenced uh where is my sovereignty in this uh you know have i been truly authentic in regards to uh how i've been working with another person we see this a lot with people that do healing so they do a lot of healing and they end up with a lot of problems themselves because a lot of the energetic attachments from people then move into the person's etheric structure and their etheric body
0: now do we make choices against our free will that like we don't know about like I guess that would be like soul contracts that we maybe sign when we come into this world if that exists and and then or do we m- make pacts with entities uh, that we might not know about or uh, you know that we might not consciously know about I guess is what I'm trying to say like that there's somewhere where we make an unconscious decision that the soul made, or 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 some other part of us. Does that make sense? Or, yeah, that?
2: that makes sense. I mean, um, the first thing I guess there is to look at look at the right. definition of uh, soul. You know, what is soul? For us, soul is is the consciousness that we are formed of, and uh, there are many people. Thirty percent of the population are are hybrid souls or hybrid consciousness, and what that means to us as explained by the Zetas, is that a portion of uh, everybody, regardless of whether they're a hybrid, requires consciousness from spirit realm, that without a spirit consciousness in your body, you will not you'll not be alive, they enliven the the physical form, the hybrids have a portion of their consciousness from an extraterrestrial being or race, Mm. the two come together and uh, form form the consciousness of the person we call that the local construct of the person that all sits in our physical bodies, our containers, and, and that's how we go about our lives. Now there, there are, I mean, so of course, you know, if you, if you're a spirit person, you will have decided probably, um, we, you, we call them ma- micro and macro, yeah. you would have decided the macro, um,
1: environment for your life yeah
2: so so the big the big decisions but as you go along in your life you will obviously fill those gaps in with all the smaller decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis and all of that with the extraterrestrial component of course you've then got more you've come from a race the race has a reason for incarnating into the, the human form and working with that with that spirit consciousness and so yes you can argue that there are uh, you know contractual arrangements, if you want to look at it that way, um, before birth. The we work with a lot of uh, abductees, experiences of extraterrestrial contact, who believe they're being abducted and they don't understand why it's terrifying, it's scary, etc., etc. That's what we we do with a lot of our day a lot of the time, these people are being visited by their own race. And what they don't understand is that they were always going to be visited by their race. And because they don't understand the contact, they feel like their free will has been impinged upon that they're not respecting their. they don't want the visits, you know, they don't understand it. Of course, what we don't understand we fear. And you know, it brings up a whole load of issues that we work with them to to resolve and so they have a fuller understanding of what's going on around them so you know when, when we're looking at a, you know breaches of free will in regards to contractual arrangements a lot of it is misunderstood
1: yeah remembering that we've got a lot of stuff around us so <clears throat> we've also got things like but all the UAP disclosure that's currently taking place has been going for the last few years Initially, you know, people like myself that were contacted or abducted, if you want to say in the beginning, you know, 60 years ago, uh, we didn't have social media. There wasn't a platform to even talk about this. Next thing you know, you've got all these people going out there. They're now doing C5. They're calling. They're summoning craft. They're summoning extraterrestrials. They're summoning entities. They don't know what they're bringing into their lives. And because they say, well, this is what we hear all the time. Oh, you know, I did it with the best of intention. And uh, I, I was working in the highest possible frequency. My uh, attitude to that is, is that's good if your guides told you that you should be doing that. But if you're just doing that as a, as a bit of a lark, you know, just with some friends I'll go out and call or summon something, there's going to be some some issues there in regards to that. You know, people need to understand that that there's a bit of a price to pay for doing things when you're not trying to do them as well.
0: I was going to say, but where do we go with that? Like, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, how, how do people, how are you helping people sort out their contact as far yeah. as like, if it is some, if it is their race, it's, but yeah. So well, let me try to think of how I want to say this. No, that's this
1: okay. I mean, I know what you're saying. So, when we're trying to clarify what are people's we, we call this the point of origin training okay yeah. myself and so we mentor people so we get people that are, are very advanced in in, in specific areas that come to us because they're looking for specific training mm-hmm. tailored for them and so we ask them what is it that they're looking for they go well i've got a certain level of contact but i really want to take it to the next level and then we we talk to them about that so for us when we're working with people it may be that they've only just started off we, we work at that level we give them what's called a point of origin sitting with the zetas and the zetas talk to them about where they're from what function they perform on planet uh, and then what function they should be performing here as well that would reference what they did when they're previously incarnated to here uh, once we've done that we then start teaching them all the methods for proper contact not just you know, mm-hmm. sort of rela- allowing any entity to come, but absolutely safe and controlled contact
0: with, at, their
1: own. with their own race. And once that takes place, their own race starts working with them because they see that their hybrid now has levels of clarity in their life. Mm-hmm. You see how we do it, Robert. We do it carefully, stage by stage. We take we take people through week by week with the work that they need to do. It's up to them to do that work. We find and we run classes all the time. We find that everybody's very dedicated because they realise they see how others are moving forward in their contact, mm-hmm. and they want that for themselves.
2: Yeah. It's also a very healing, yeah. uh, healing journey for them. You know, most hybrids when they come to realise, okay, you know, I really do feel like I'm from somewhere else, and you know, this is kind of driving me potty now, and I really have to have these answers. Once they actually find out where they're from, you know, it can make uh, their entire lives make sense to them, you know, all the yeah. difficulties they've had in understanding aspects of humanity, whether maybe they have felt like they have never fit in with general mainstream society, all these little different aspects of a, of a person. It's a very healing experience. It certainly was uh, for me <laughs> all those years ago.
0: I think that's amazing and what i was going to say is so uh, so when we look at the contact phenomenon as a whole are we seeing like a, a large uh proportion of positive experiences and then uh, is it also that there's trying a fear narrative being pushed yeah so they kind of spin it into that it's a negative contact experience to kind of scare people away from you know, like the same old thing that they've been doing for years. Is that, yeah. you know what I mean? Is that kind well, of what's going on?
1: The, the thing is, is we need to understand that this is a multifaceted experience. You, you've got people that just day one, let's say it's day one, next thing you know, you start seeing stuff around you. It could be something in the astral that you're seeing, or it could be you developing your own psychic abilities. And then of course you could have spirit people that you're now starting to see. And that's level one, you know, and then level two is, um, you may now be having some level of extraterrestrial contact for whatever reason. And then you're now dealing with the phenomenon because the phenomenon actually travels in frequency and consciousness with extraterrestrials. I'll give you an example. Anytime that the Zetas are around, there's a residual energy for three days. And those three days, people can be around us and say, oh, wow, you know, like I can really sense that there's extraterrestrial energy around you guys. That's the phenomenon. And people need to understand that. The phenomenon isn't just that, it's many things. I'll give you an example. Go outside, you look into the sky, you ask to see a craft and you're with a group of people and next thing, there's a flash of light. Is it really true that an extraterrestrial craft is sitting out there? Or is it that it's just reflected back your own consciousness to the group? Because the truth is, if it's really a craft and you had contacted it via consciousness, step two would have been to say as a group, please come closer, bring the craft closer to us. But you'll find that people generally don't do that because they don't want to challenge their phenomenon. They do not want to challenge their uh, level of evidence that they're getting. Mm -hmm. And this is the first thing that we teach people is that they need to challenge the evidence that they're giving themselves. Just because someone says to you that you've got a succubus with you or you've got this or you've got that, and then you run off and start to sage yourself, what you need to do is you need to sit back and go, well, I'm not really sure how true that is. You you should really always be skeptical in regards to that because if you're not skeptical in regards to it, you start buying into it. And that's the first thing that we say to people is, look for a start, don't buy into the fear of that. It's the same with extraterrestrial contact. Don't buy into the fear of extraterrestrial contact. Yes, there are reptilians, and there are this, and there are that, and yes, they can cause issues. But if you hold the line with your own with your own consciousness, if you hold the line by doing meditation and breathing practices, holding your energy, the beings may come, but they won't get very far. They'll just go off and do, annoy somebody else. That's why it's really important for people to understand it: contact and spirit contact, and ET contact, and the phenomenon is not just one thing. It is a wide, wide, very wide range of things that take place.
0: That's amazing. Now, uh, let me ask you this. What are, are people having more physical experiences, astral experiences, etheric? What, what would you say like- what are It's these- mostly
1: astral. It's mm-hmm. mostly astral because the astral is a collation of all thoughts that have ever been had by all beings. And so every thought that you ever had exists in the astral and is around you. Mm-hmm. When you go to sleep at night, you just lift up out of your body and you sit in the astral and you, you move into your dreamscapes, you have your lucid dreaming processes, your non-lucid dreaming processes. You may have your sleep paralysis process as well. Mm-hmm. And because you're in these, uh, say a sleep paralysis process and you're feeling a lot of fear, you believe you're awake, but your body's frozen, you're sensing or seeing stuff around you. Basically, all you're really doing is you're now alert in the astral. And because of the fear-based narrative from the subconscious mind, what it's doing is projecting itself into the astral and you're experiencing fear. Okay, So uh, with um, the astral contacts that are taking place, uh, people are a lot of people now are trying to astral travel. Well, I want to astral travel. I want to do this. I want to do that. I always say to people when I'm teaching astral traveling, think about how you feel now you should have a staged implemented approach to astraling when you come back you should be at exactly the same energy if you come back and you're here this means that you've got residual energy with you from the astral experience you need to resolve that you always need to resolve any energetic experience it doesn't matter whether you're working deep trance states altered trance channeling If you start off here, go up here, do whatever you need to do, and then come back, but you're not exactly where you were when you left, those residual energies that you hold with you could cause you issues, okay? And those issues could then exponentially increase every time that you go and try and and do something, whether it's a healing or, or whatever, it doesn't matter what it is you need to remember that you need to always come back and ground and grounding is one of the most important things that people need to do and clear their energy.
0: Let me ask you this. Uh, Oh, I just lost my track of thought. Oh, um, as far as like breath work and stuff like that, how does that work? Like what kind of breath work would you, I mean, I know once you give away all your secrets, but like, how should we be using breath work to benefit us in a, in a, in a,
1: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So breathwork has been around, obviously, since the day you were born. You you know, like you took a breath and you'll continue on until the day you take your last breath. That's the same for all of us. What we know is about breathwork is breathwork contains Mm -hmm. every gateway, every doorway that you ever need to do anything. You you have the ability through your breathwork to be able to clear yourself. Mm -hmm. The breathwork contains all of the harmonics that are required for you to uh, move through to these states of ascension, to meet your guides. Your your uh, There are specific techniques, and yes, I, I won't be discussing them on, on here, but there are techniques that you can learn that help you to define who you are in these energetic states. So to move into spirit realm, to move into extraterrestrial contact, to move into more grounded states. With grounding, going up, generally, is the way to clear. But we also need to reverse that in a staged approach and come back to our normal space, our normal grounded energy.
0: That's amazing. Um, and you guys also do trance work as well. Now, this yeah. is where you get into a trance and you can actually channel the zetas. like, yeah. And and you perform healings when you're in these states, correct?
1: They do, absolutely. So uh, the way that I evidenced the trance states was that Uh, When the the Zetas were talking through me, uh, somebody said to them, well, why don't you bring a craft? And they said, oh, okay. And so two weeks later, they bought a craft and they landed and about 10 or 15 Zetas came out and walked around. There was 20 of us there waiting for them. Um, The the most unheard story you've ever heard in your life. And so the thing is, is that uh, I then realized that these beings that had been visiting me for many years, were then willing to on occasions show themselves to other humans and to give other humans healings as well people like kathleen Marden, betty and barney hill's niece she uh, has documented that she was healed by the zetas through myself and the zetas uh william trinite the scientist that helped us write a primer of the zeta race and the zeta interviews he was healed as well he's got he's got documented imagery of that so the best thing about you as a person and your ability to move into these states of connectedness is that you move into your true nature. And so when we move into our true nature, we are empowered by that. We're able to help and support people as well. We're able to help people clear, we're able to help people learn about their breathwork, their grounded states, their contact, their spirit contact, their ET contact as well.
0: That's amazing. Now, and are are most of your clients having multiple forms of contact. Would you say people are seeing spirits? People are seeing ETs. Like, is this becoming more common? And let me ask you this: do you think if people are, is it because of what we're going through right now? Could it be as is as, as complicated as like our position of in the in the center of the galactic universe that we're that more? I know Gerald Clark talked about this where he thought more like bands of energy were coming into like our consciousness which was you know evolutionizing like humanity which kind of might have made us open up to more experiences what, what do you think
2: the the people we're we're working with uh are coming to us generally because they want to be able to control what's going on around them and that ranges right the way through to from your know, astral to spirits, to to extraterrestrials. So, you know, we really do have the full (laughs) range of of beings working with these people just in an uncontrolled way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that's where we're spending our time Um, in terms of of an increase in that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a two twofold thing to that, you know, the, the hybridization of consciousness hybridization, we're talking about of the 30% of the human population was a, you know, was done to help raise the consciousness of humanity. And so that was, that was always hoped for by the extraterrestrial races who participate in, in that ongoing um, uh what Process. It? Process. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, we, we, you know, and I'm sure it's more than thirty percent now. Um, and of course, as those people are born and grow up and develop, and you know, we have access to everything we do. Obviously, their their abilities are activating earlier and earlier. And you know, we're seeing that general rise across the population. In terms of um, more specifically, uh, a few years ago, the Zetas told us that the the astral fabric would blend more with our normal everyday uh, of existence. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, so the Zetas were looking on the timeline and what mm-hmm. they do is they use a synthetic quantum environment. Now the SQEs, they allow them to take an image, uh, a copy of the current timeline and they embed it into the SQE. Uh, these SQEs are also used as jump room technology and planetary technology, all these sorts of things. But in doing so, when I looked at the timeline, they did this process. When you observe something, Robert, you change it. That's the first thing. So when they were in the SQE, what they did was they had multiple zetas to observe specific points on the timeline. And what they did was within an infinite second, they were able to create a secondary copy in a secondary SQE. And that timeline was then unchangeable because it was rebuilt from observation. So think about that. We've got our normal timeline we're on. A copy of the timeline was taken and observed. And just as the changes were about to take place because of the observation, the timeline was moved into a second SQE. On that second SQE, it was seen that humanity was moving towards a singularity. And the singularity means that there would be potential for Consciousness and AI to exist in the future together uh, with the human species. The Zetas said, okay, this is all about to happen. People consciousness is about to increase. Uh, this was two years ago, and we have seen an exponential increase in uh, people's uh, contact, people's spirit contact, people's energetic contact, things coming to people. It's really has increased. And I think the issue is that a lot of people haven't been able to uh, correctly uh, acclimatize or acclimate the energy mm-hmm. towards them and around them. And in doing so, what they've done is, a lot of people, is they've just moved into a fear-based narrative.
0: Yeah, and, and so th- how do we get transcend that fear-based narrative? Is it just knowing more of what your contact is, like you yeah. said before?
1: It's absolutely. It's, it's, when I say it's as simple as that, it's actually as simple as that. So the the more you understand about your true nature, the more you're able to ride the wave of the uh, energetic amplification of the timeline. And as you're able to do that, you're moving up into higher states of frequency, ascension, remember. And I know that people, we, we don't call the Galactic Federation, the Galactic Federation, we call them the Council of Nine. We work with the Council of Nine Uh, We could say, if you want the Galactic Federation, that's fine. But of course, to work with these beings, they expect that you're up in frequency as well, and that you're sensible and that you will evidence what they're doing with you as well. So we've had plenty of them come and talk to us, to all these different things. So we need to understand that as humans, as singular human entities, we have personal responsibility to move up in frequency, to understand our own nature of ascension, our own consciousness and in doing so we can then step into the energy rather than the energy making us feel like mm-hmm. we're about to fall off our chair
0: mm-hmm. that's interesting well i don't have any other questions is there anything else you wanted to cover for the night before we finish up
1: i think it's been a really interesting conversation mm-hmm. Robert. we've we've sort of covered, covered a about a hundred mm-hmm. different topics um hopefully people will be able to sort of sit back and think mm-hmm. about some of the things that uh, we've talked about. Mm. If they want to contact us, contact yeah, us on uh, vita zeta underscore events at hotmail.com or uh, go to our website and have a look around. There's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah,
2: there's a lot more information about a lot of the stuff we've talked about yeah. on the website, so people can read that.
1: Plus, we've got our YouTube channel, The Zeta Connection. So there's actually a good video on there about um, protection, and we just did one on the
2: reptilians as oh, well. We
0: Oh, I'm gonna have to check that out because that, that <laughs> sounds interesting. Like, I, I love doing these podcasts because I think this will find people who need guidance from yeah, you guys. Yeah. Like, they'll yeah. find you through this, and and I love that because then they can get the help they need from you yeah. and try to understand their situation a lot better, right?
1: That, yeah. That's it. That's what it's all about. Support.
0: Heck yeah! Well, all thank right. you guys so much. It was really nice talking to you again, and I can't wait to do it again. I, this was this was. All, thank you. Thank all right, you. Robert,
1: and and you look after yourself, Robert.
0: and and and
1: and from a daily perspective meditate and clear your energy look after yourself
0: thank you I appreciate it
1: okay have
0: a good night. night